Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Rossetti Show. I'm Pete Rossetti sitting here with Bob Rader, who's the executive director of CABE. Bob, welcome. How are you? Good, 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 good to good be to back. See you. Good to see you, my friend. It's been a, it's been it a while. It has been. It it's has been, been a while. Yes, sir. What's new? Well, there's uh, a lot new. Well, there is a lot new uh, with school districts. Um, I'm the executive director of the Connecticut Association of Boards of Education. Yes. As you said, CABE yeah. uh, is the acronym we go by. And this has been a very good year for starting school. Mm -hmm. After last year, we had no idea how well it was going to go. Right. But thanks to the work of uh, board members <laughs> right. and superintendents and teachers, uh, we got off to a very good start. And that was despite people having some concerns about what we were going to do uh, for this year. Okay. Um, so that started off well. Um, then we had a point where we thought on September 28th or so, uh, many of our bus drivers yeah, were not going to we come in have a all over the state, and uh, particularly in the eastern part of the state. Right. Um, now, that day uh, passed, and with the help of COSTA, that's the School Transportation Association, mm -hmm. uh, and some of our friends from, from CAPS and CAS and certainly help from Charlene Russell Tucker, yep. uh, the new Commissioner of Education. Uh, we got through that. Right. There were some issues, uh, but nothing major. So up to now, the school year has gone, got off to a very good start. Good. What has not gotten off to a good start, mm -hmm. at least for me, and I don't know when this will air, but certainly- We're actually live now, so- Ah, very good. Well, let's talk about the election, because that's yeah. on so many people's minds. Absolutely. In the 40 years or so I've been doing, I've been working for boards of education, I've never seen a more difficult year. Right. What we're seeing across the country, uh, in some cases, have been board members harassed, superintendents right. harassed, followed to their cars, get, gotten threatening language. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has just been awful. And while Connecticut has been free to a good extent of most of such issues. Certainly, I know of board members who have decided not to come back on their boards, even mm -hmm. though they were very good board members and they weren't uh, all Democrats, for right. instance. They were okay. Republicans, too, have decided not to run. Yeah. And we're losing good people. And while I can't prove it, I would think by the end of the year we'll lose a number of superintendents as well. Right. School districts are set up, and school boards are generally set up to be nonpartisan. They don't get into the issues that uh, some do on, on other uh, legislative bodies. Right. Uh, but I will tell you hmm. that this year, in a number of our districts, some not far from here, um, national issues have played a real role. Um, there's, there's anger, there's concern about critical race theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is not being taught in our schools. No. There, I have seen board meetings where people complain during the public comment part, and that is certainly their opportunity and their, uh, their ability right. uh, to talk about masking. Right. And the very truth of the matter is the governor made that decision. Kids and people in schools are going to be masked mm -hmm. unless there's a change till at least February 15th. Right. It is a way of keeping us safe, keeping the kids safe, especially uh, now we were also going to see uh, certainly the kids get vaccines. Right. Um, 
but but if people think back a year and a half ago where we were, to me it's it's somewhat of a miracle that that we have gotten through this period that our schools are as far as I know, fully reopened. Absolutely. And if some kids can't go to school because they're quarantined, that's certainly a problem. Right. But, but the truth of the matter is the, the job that was done by, by superintendents, board members, mm -hmm. and teachers, and principals right. uh, has been just, just fabulous considering what's going on. Absolutely, absolutely. So on the national level, we're yeah. seeing these type of real issues, and right. I'm very concerned. Uh, I know that the National School Boards has received uh, complaints from many different uh, people about uh, harassment and intimidation of board members, yeah. and uh, it, it's just created a lot of divisiveness. Absolutely. And what we've tried to do in Connecticut, first mm -hmm. of all, I think, uh, you know, if you've been in Connecticut for a while, you know we're a pretty civil group. Yeah. A uh, little stayed, a little, little pushback. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we haven't seen quite as much disruption. Uh, we did see disruption of the Governor's Roundtable on Education yeah. uh, back in September yeah. when parents were yelling at the Governor. Oh, yeah certainly concerning masks the uh the whole meeting was disrupted had to be ended and we saw parents with their children walking out screaming profanities at the governor yes and that's not something we're used to no so we've taken a lot of time with board chairs who are in charge of really making sure meetings are orderly and non-disruptive mm -hmm. and that people have their say because that is what we do in connecticut um, we have seen them do a wonderful job That's ensuring true. everybody gets their say, um, letting people understand the limits of what the school board can do, certainly right. under a, a, a uh, mask mandate. Right. And uh, we have gone on, and we know that there are a few uh, elections across the state in which different issues have come up, while usually it's it's the uh, the budgets and and uh, things of that nature operational mm -hmm. you know right. we have talked about critical race theory right Absolutely. and to me critical race theory is not first of all what's being taught in our schools no. what we're trying to teach is some cultural competency Absolutely. so when our kids leave the schools they'll know what other people other races right. other ethnic uh, groups have gone through. Absolutely. So if there's some understanding of that, it is not in any way uh, set up uh, with the, and the teaching that we, we are providing is not intended as some say to make children feel bad. Right. It's, it's really a question of teaching everybody's history. And when we talk about teaching American history, we want all groups that are part of America right. to be uh, uh, to be mentioned and to be discussed and explain what they've gone through. Uh, I was sitting at, at my gym this morning. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was running. He was running too. And he said, well, what about the Irish? And I said, absolutely. We do have to teach about the Irish potato famine. Right. We should talk about all groups. So this malarkey as far as uh, 
critical race theory and that we're teaching something that our kids can't handle, I, I totally disagree with and feel we have to do more on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure, especially now, during this time, that the school year, now where it is now, looks a lot different than where it was last year as far as remote learning because now you're be most of the schools are back in session. As far as I know, every district is back. Whether every school every day is back, that's a right. different question. Right. But for the most part, they're all back. The kids seem to have no problems with masks, Good. no matter what their parents might say. Right. We right. haven't seen a, a huge uprising of kids. And, no. and by the way, when hmm. I talk about uh, the parents, I certainly understand that, you know, school boards, teachers, principals, superintendents want to know what parents are thinking, right. what how they can work better, how they can engage with them. Mm -hmm. So it's not a question of us not listening to teachers, uh, not listening to parents in some of these cases. Right. It's just either the board's hands are tied or um, the parents, the parents, don't take no for an answer in some no. cases. Now, how many with, with your organization, how many schools, how many school systems do you guys represent? We represent about 155 of the 166. Okay. Wow. And that, yeah. that means you work closely with my friend. Which one? From the CIAC. Oh, Glenn Lungarini. From, from, from my Very friend good Glenn. friend, very good guy. Oh, absolutely. Guy. And uh, I know he's been dealing with, with you know, as, as CAS, CIAC, executive mm -hmm. director, right. certainly the CIAC part, the oh, sports yeah. part. Oh, yeah. Whether they wear masks or don't wear masks has certainly been something that he's been very involved <laughs> with. And I think using his wisdom and knowledge as a former principal um, to make sure kids are kept safety, safe and healthy. Absolutely, absolutely. So the school system is, school, the school season, the school year is looking well so far this year? I, I think it is. Um, did we learn something from the COVID time? Certainly. Uh, yeah. And we've discussed it. And next year, the State Department of Education will come out with information on how best to use remote learning, right. when to use it, and so on. There's a there's a uh, committee looking at that right now, and uh, like I said, by next year we'll know more. Bob Rader from Cable, would you mind sticking around for another segment? It would be a pleasure. We'll be right back. Information is power, especially in times of uncertainty. In the age of 24-7 breaking news headlines, viral tweets, and social media rumors, we all need to take extra steps to verify information before accepting and sharing what we read online. Whether inaccurate information is purposely posted to deceive or defraud individuals or shared unknowingly by people who believe it's true, misinformation can be dangerous. Is there a vaccine? Are certain blood types immune? Are additional stimulus checks coming? When will we open back up? Questions are expected. And they deserve accurate answers. We need you to rely on information from official sources and credible subject matter experts. For both Connecticut-specific information and federal resources, visit ct.gov backslash coronavirus. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with Bob Rader, who's the executive director of CAVE. Bob, welcome back. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Hey, Bob, we were talking a little bit in the first segment about the your, your organization of CAVE, but what I didn't ask 
is tell us a little bit about yourself as far as how long you've been with CABE and what you did prior to that. <laughs> well, prior to CABE, which I've been with for almost 26 years okay. as the executive director, I was at New York okay. State School Boards Association, right. and I was doing a number of the things that I got to do here in my executive director role. I was head of risk management and policy, I was a lobbyist, I was an assistant counsel, so I am very blessed to have a wonderful staff that, uh, since I'm not a member of the bar in Connecticut, right. uh, I have a wonderful deputy and general, general counsel, Patrice McCarthy. Sure. I have other people on board. We have a, a great policy uh, person, Vin Mistaro. Okay. Uh, Lisa Steimer does our convention. Nick Caruso does our field services. So I am really blessed to have such a wonderful group around me. And I'm, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test you. Uh -oh. You have Vin Mistaro on your board, Yes, correct? I, absolutely. Not on my board, on, my, on the staff. On your staff, right? Before he came on to your staff, Clinton. what did Mr. Mistaro used to Superintendent do? Superintendent in Clinton. Very good. Yes. Very yes. good. And Vin is just the... Great guy. Not only is he a great guy, but, you know, I did the policy work like he's doing yeah. in New York, and I could not do more. I could not ever come close to no. what he does as far as writing to our members, making sure they're up on the latest policies, really understanding everything from a superintendent's point of view. Just, oh, absolutely. He's just terrific. Oh, he's a great guy. And the other one we have to mention, if we're going to do shout-outs, is Jan Peruccio. Love Jan. Oh, Jan, absolutely. Jan. Uh, Jan's awesome. Old Saybrook superintendent. Oh, yeah. We have worked with her on some issues uh, in which she was a leader. Yeah. She's not just a member of, of everybody who's doing things. Right. Uh, we work with the Superintendents Association all the time. Fran Rabinowitz is the sure, executive yeah. director. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have a phone call for her with her uh, some Mondays at, <laughs> at 8.30 in the morning, and I'm thinking I have to remember that for tomorrow morning. Oh, there you go. Fran is great. Fran is great. And i got to say that the people mm. in Connecticut working in public education, and this goes from the commissioner, the deputy commissioner, Desi Nesmith, on down, are a great group to work with. And, and we don't always agree with the CEA right. or the uh, AFT Connecticut, but i got to tell you, I know Kate Diaz. She was a, uh, she's president of CEA, uh, fairly new. And she okay. was a teacher in my wife's district, um, so I met her a little before uh, she got on, and, and she does a wonderful job representing teachers in a very thoughtful, comprehensive way. Absolutely. And of course, one of the other things we have to mention that has come from the state of Connecticut is Dr. Cardona. Ah, Miguel. Yes. Yes, they, we can't say enough about Miguel. I have been watching him, you know, we became friendly yeah. uh, as he began the, uh, the COVID work that we all had to do together. I saw him, I think he joked to somebody that he saw me more than he saw his wife, <laughs> which was really unfortunate because he was living in Connecticut at yeah, that there point. You go. <laughs> but, uh, but Miguel's a good friend. Uh, he is actually uh, going to come to the Connecticut Association of Boards of Education slash Superintendents Association Convention. Okay. Uh, he's going to come up. Uh, that's in just a few weeks. And uh, we're very, very excited to have him. I, I have watched nice. 
what he has gone through and some of the issues he has had to dealt with. And I tell you, um, Washington is not for me, but I think yeah. he has done a, a marvelous job. Now, when Dr. Cardona went to Washington, that mm -hmm. means they have a replacement for Dr. Cardona. Who is that replacement? That, that replacement is Charlene Russell Tucker. That's right. And, and I believe last time we were together, she was in the running she, yes, for the job. Yes, and she got the job. Okay. And I, and I gotta tell you, Charlene is wonderful. Is she? She has a very good sense of what parents need and what uh, uh, school districts need. She's a very good friend of CABE. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanna mention something along yeah. those lines, uh, Peter. Yeah. When um, every year, or almost every year, CABE gives a Friend of Public Education Award. And it's always been either to a person, which is the usual, right. or in one case we gave it to a person and an organization. That right. was uh, David Nee and the uh, Grafstein Memorial Fund. Okay. This year we decided to give it to a group that does um, webinars every Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock okay. made up of not only Charlene Tucker and her staff from uh, the State Department of Education, but also the Department of Public uh, Public Health. Really? Yes. Excellent. And, and we know Charlene is going to accept it on uh, on the part of, of the SDE. Yeah. And we're going to going to have the uh, the former commissioner. She's no longer the commissioner, uh, Deidre Griffith. Um, accepted on behalf of DPH, and right. we are just so excited. They provided so much very good information from just about when COVID started. I, it's, it's been over a year. They provide good information. Anybody can get on those calls, ask their questions, and it has just been really so helpful. And we hear, we hear individual principals, we hear superintendents, health professionals, ask their specific question about their schools or their, their children, and these folks have done a marvelous job in explaining what it really means and what kind of testing you have to have and where you need masks and so on. Right. So we're just delighted to provide that, that uh, award to two different groups that know how to work together. Absolutely. Now, the, you said earlier that they have a new executive director of the CEA. Who is it? Well, it's not a new CEA executive okay. director. It's a president, okay. Kate Diaz. Okay. And uh, she came from Manchester, was uh, a, I think, a math teacher. All right. uh, just very nice to work with. Who's very he, good. Who's the executive, executive director of CEA? Uh, Don Williams, okay. who's been there for oh, sure. a while. Okay. Don, Don's good to work with, too. He, he used he, to be a senator? He was president of the Senate. I, all right, I'm now dating myself. <laughs> I'm now dating myself, Bob. Thanks. No, it wasn't that long ago. No, Peter. it you wasn't. You don't have to worry. Yeah, no, he seems like a <laughs> seems like a nice guy. I've never never met him. Never had a chance to interview him, but he seems He'd very be good to interview. Yeah. Oh yeah. All I right. like Peter. I like Kate. Yeah. Uh, they're they're just very good people to work with. There you go. There you go. So what else, what else is going on in the school year that we want to talk about? Well, those those. Things we started out with uh, have been major. The whole questions of, of masking and vaccination and, and the disruption we've seen across the country. Mm -hmm. and, and I gotta tell you, 
we have tried very hard, as, as I began to say, with board chairs, right. teaching them how to, how to run good meetings, ensure everybody has a say, uh, everybody is included. Um, and, and that's really worked well uh, in Connecticut. And it, and it hasn't in all other states. Right. Um, hopefully, we are seeing the end of the election season, perhaps a da tamping down of some of the passions, okay. uh, but I, I always tell people, no matter who gets on your board, they have to understand that even though they might have come in with one issue that they really care about, mm -hmm. their job is to build a coalition because one person on a board can't accomplish anything. Nope. One person away from the table can't accomplish anything. Right. But when you are sitting there with a, a whatever it is, a five-member, seven-member, nine-member board, your job, if you want to get the things you most care about uh, to be successful, and right. whether that's special education, uh, DEI, the booster club, football, whatever your passion is, right. gifted and talented, whatever your passion is, you need more than just your own vote. Right. You need a majority, and the only way you're going to get that is working with others on what they think is, is so crucial. And uh, certainly it's the chair's job with the superintendent to provide really good orientations for board members because it's not like sitting as head of, of a – even for me, I'm, right. I'm basically CEO of CAVE. I'm executive director. Right. Um, but I have to answer to a board. Right, of course you and, and boards of education, obviously, they um, answer to the people, uh, the people who put them in, but not only those. They answer to everybody in the district once they're in. Absolutely. Speaking of board of educations and locally. Yeah. One of my favorite towns. Yes. The town of Essex. Our friend, our Lon buddy, Seidman. our buddy. Lon Seidman is going to come on to, he's been on our board for a number of years. Oh, really? He, oh, he's going to He's going to come in, I believe it's uh, Secretary Treasurer. Really? And uh, cool. Lon is always good to talk to, oh, yeah. always has an opinion on things. Oh, yeah. Um, in a good way, mm -hmm. knows how to work with other people. Oh, yeah. I, I think the world of Lon. Oh, Lon, Lon, Lon Seidman is probably one of the nicest people Absolutely. in the world. Absolutely. So how closely do you guys at CABE work with the governor's office? Uh, we do. We generally work um, these last few years more with the commissioner's office. Okay. Uh, we certainly have people, we speak to the governor, uh, uh, or our, our people who represent us speak to the governor. But um, as a general rule, we, we work mostly through the Commissioner of Education. Okay. And, and she I, certainly talks to the governor. And I, obviously she's new, but she's doing, she's doing well so far? Absolutely. And we have a, a, the State Board of Education. One of the people on it happens to also be the uh, president of CABE. He's now going to leave in the next couple of weeks as the president, uh, but Don Harris has done a really good job okay. um, of setting, you know, setting apart his two different hats yeah. and being able to work on behalf of uh, the children in the state. Absolutely, absolutely. So we got a little bit more time left. What else we want to talk about? And 
well, educate I, people about? Well, I always like to talk about DEI because yeah, with the number of students, and that's diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm -hmm. and with the number of students we have, which is over 50% are minority at this point, we have to make sure that boards are sensitive to their needs. Right. So we talk, um, which is kind of uh, different from, from the other 49 state school boards associations, uh, I think we talk more about DEI and the importance of having members on the board who understand and are sensitive to the needs of, of uh, children who are of color. And this, we've been doing this for quite a while. We're going to start affinity groups where people from boards can come on, uh, come to one of these groups uh -huh. and feel comfortable working with, with others who are in the same situation. And of course, we continue to work uh, harder f on the MTR issues. That's the minority teacher recruitment. Mm -hmm. I serve on a panel uh, that oversees what the State Department of Education is doing on it. A lot of our board members are very involved with these type of issues. And uh, as I like to say, having teachers and administrators of color um, don't only help the people, the, the students who are of color. Studies have found that it helps all the kids. Right. And especially when they're going to get out of school and, you know, we've heard lots of stories about people having graduated, maybe not so much in Connecticut, but certainly there are some who's never worked with a person of color, an African-American or a uh, uh, Hispanic individual. And if, that's, that's not healthy. If you want more information about CABE, where can they go? Certainly they can go to our website. It's www.cabe.org. Operator from Cape, thanks for some time, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. I hope so. You I hope so. It. I always enjoy coming on with you. You got it. Thanks, Thank Bob. You. On behalf of Bob Rader, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next time.